podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 91 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first, and our local business sponsor, Vici Clo. Delighted to say, well, I'd like to say the season's over, first of all, but we'll come to that in a, in a second. But delighted to say we've been joined by uh, by Max Carlyle for his, his second appearance on the show. Max, how are you going, mate? I've been a, I've been doing a lot better if we put up a, a better performance just then, guys. But it's a, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. No problem, mate. And we, we'll we'll come to that that performance uh, against Manchester City. Obviously, the the season's now uh, comes to a close. Everton have uh, officially finished 10th, so no no European football, which has been on the cards probably for a number of months, to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, and the, the City game, 5-0 away to Manchester City, no surprise that we've that we've lost the game, first of all. You know, I don't think a lot of people have probably gone in there with great expectations, as wrong as that may be, that's that's where we are. Um, but to, to go there, Liam, lose in the manner that we, that we did via... Again, a number of individual mistakes is it's a dis- disappointing way to finish the season, really, isn't it? I never wanted Europa Conference anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I mean, look, as soon as Pep, Pep named that starting 11, which to be honest, was pretty much their best 11 that they had available, give or take a couple of players, you just knew they were gonna it was gonna be party time for them. Um, and it pretty much went to script, and it even bringing in Sergio on. You know, uh, to, to have his little swan song as well at the end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it just summed up our that that penalty fiasco summed up our season in a nutshell, didn't it? Really, at two nil. You know, uh, blatant pen for me. Obviously, what the rules are, you know, fair enough. But it, it should have been a red because Charleston was tapping that into an empty net. It's a guaranteed goal. Uh, Diaz was absolutely nowhere near the ball. He was a cynical foul, as far as I was concerned. And to cap it off, Sigurdsson, who's been ruthless from the slot this season, decides to go the other way than he normally does. Um, and, you know, there's got about three players encroaching in the box. Um, so it, it just it just summed it up. Not, not, not to take anything away from City. Look, they're a top, top side. You know, they've won 10 out of the last 15 domestic trophies. Think about that. 10 out of the last 15. I mean, that's just, just that's an instance. Those guys are coming and taking over the club. Um, so yeah, and and to be honest, if we're really, really honest between us here, if we're going to chat about it, have we got the squad to cope with European football for a midweek match and 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 a, and a weekend match every week? I don't think we have. I think if we played in Europe, okay, we're going to add to the squad over the summer, but we're not going to sign suddenly seven or eight players. So you know, if we play, you know, midweek and weekend going forward next season, I think it would decimate our our league form. Um, so in a way, it might be a blessing. Um, that might split some people saying that European football. I know you, Mike, you're quite, you know, so we definitely need European football. 
for me, I'd rather us get our squad right first before we do anything like that. Um, so yeah, an absolutely you know disappointing way to finish the season. Yeah. I think it's an easy argument to, to sort of have an, an, an easy point to make. Obviously, when the season's over and we don't get European football, I, I've always been a fan of European football. I do. T- I take the point. I totally take the point that you know going in the Europa Conference or even Europa League at this point with with a squad that you know hopefully is going to be full of of a bit more quality next season, but potentially not as many not as many uh, or similar number of bodies, it's going to be a stretch because the Premier League has stretched us this season, make no mistake. How many times have we have we named only, say, seven or eight substitutes as opposed to nine? Happened again today. Um, so it would be a struggle, to I think, to, to play in Europe next season. But that's what the transfer windows are there for to, to improve. But but ju- jumping back to, to the game, Max, I'll, I'll come to yourself if, if, if I may. Um, obviously, City are already crowned champions. Um, Aguero's last game for well, last game in the Premier League for them. Um, it, had, it had the feel of of a testimonial, didn't it? From well, as soon as he came on, really, and and that's a that's a real sad indictment of 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 where we are as we as we speak today. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, not to wing it, but I I turned off shortly after it it went three nil. Um, and when when Phil Foden scored the third, um, and when. When I saw Alex Awobi was coming off the bench for Decore, yeah, I think it, I hit me threshold, really. Just needed a little break from it. Um, listen, you've outlined it there. I, I would agree. I genuinely think the Pep Guardiola's Manchester City are one of, if not the best sides in club football ever, pretty much. You know, the stats speak for themselves. As you said, you know, 10 out of the last 15 domestic trophies, which is absolutely insane. Um, to bounce back the way that they have uh, from last season, obviously falling short, so short to Liverpool, um, and on the 29th to be playing in the first European Cup final, um, and to name such a strong squad, yeah, you know, hats off to them. They they fully deserve every last bit of credit that we're going to give them. But yes, this game had all this sort of parade and and, and circumstance around it. But if you look at that quarterfinal in the FA Cup in particular, you know, the last time that we played Manchester City, yes, it was against, yes, it was a Goodison, sorry, and, and, and yes, there was no crowd to, to bear any impact on that. But I really would have thought Everton would have put up a more competitive um, performance. Um, and I think I'm, I'm hitting a point now. You've just sort of outlined there the issues with the squad um, and how we, we need to obviously build on the strength and depth. But how many years have we been saying that for now? It's got to be around five or six. Um, it's just deja vu again, falling entirely short. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding Everton Football Club to too high standards. I mean, I've obviously been brought up being told about the 60s and the 80s. Uh, I didn't experience, I didn't experience the 90s. Um, so I'm guessing you guys have obviously got that wealth of knowledge to, to, to speak to and that, you know, we should be grateful to an extent that we are um, competitive in spells. But I, I grew up under, under Moyes where, you know, we f- finished above Liverpool a number of times consecutively, in particular in Moyes' last two seasons, uh, finished above Tottenham a number of times. These were our, you know, our main competitors. Um, and I seen a stat shortly after full time saying that Everton spent around 63 or 64 days in the top four this season. Um, 
And you look how well that we started the season uh, in those first two months uh, where we were top of the table. Uh, and as I say, in and around the top four places. Uh, and to finish 10th from that, uh, I'm sorry, but that's a disgrace. Yeah, and, and obviously, I think a lot, a lot of people, if you look at social media, especially, you know, over the course of maybe the last, say, six to eight weeks, more, you know, more so than other parts of the season, but certainly after the, the Sheffield United game, uh, there was there was a you know huge fallout on social media, um, and obviously we we've seen it during during today's game, and I'm sure I'm sure tonight um, we'll, we'll we'll carry on seeing it. You know, people have lived through Everton during the real successful times, whether that be winning trophies in in the eighties. You know, um, even even ourselves. You know, we we were there for for the ninety five Cup final. Uh, we had a couple, a couple of really poor seasons, of course. We we've lived through the the Moyes, the Moyes era, uh, and then since then, living through obviously having having a Basil Martinez, Cumin, uh, Allardyce, Silva, now in, into Ancelotti, um, and I do, you know, I, I do I do think to myself at times, you know, I I count us as, as a huge club. I always say it. I think we're a massive club. I think that we. Sometimes people's expectations need to be checked a little bit. That's just my opinion, because you know we we haven't been, you know, and and we, we can also sit here and say we should be, or you know, um, we 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 should demand that we should be, and I, I've got no problem with that. But we haven't been down and at that top table in terms of challenging for things for many many years. Yes, we should be. Yes, that's wrong, but we haven't been. So we've 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 got to look at well. Last season we finished twelfth. wasn't good enough. Obviously, Carlo came in, in in December. We turned things around. You know, finished on uh, on forty nine points. wasn't a great season. This season is people are going to argue there's been no progression. I'm totally on board with that in terms of you know we, we've like you said, Max. How many days we've been in the top four this season? I think we should have got European football. I think that's inexcusable in terms of where we've been. I think it's a massive opportunity missed this season. Um, and Europa League should have been the least that we that we got. Um, it's been an improvement in terms of points, t- 10 more points. I think when you look at, we've got now, we've had sides like Arsenal who've been poor for, for a lot of the season, finished above us. Leeds, who've come up, finished above us. I think that, that's really poor. But I think that people sometimes need to look at their expectations and as much as we want to sit here and go, yeah, we're going to challenge top, you know, for the top of the table every year, we're not. We're going to be challenged in the top four. At the moment, we're not. We haven't got the quality in that squad, despite what we've spent, to, to challenge for the for the top four. And that is disappointing. We know we've gone through so much change with the number of managers that we've had over over recent years after having you know a lot of stability, say, under David Moyes. And we fell behind those. I mean, you mentioned those sides there. Um, Max, obviously Liverpool, we fell behind them. We fell behind Spurs, of course. Um, and you know that that's where that's where we need we need to get back to challenging those sides first of all. We've got to get back to challenging you, you know the likes of Spurs, Arsenal, of course, Leicester. Yeah, you know West Ham finished above was disappointing, but I just I just think that sometimes we you know we we could we could start arguments in empty rooms really and. I think we 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 look or we expect too much from what we've actually got at this moment in time. Carlo will be the most disappointed person, in my opinion, in that session room. I do question certain players, 
I do what you know, certain some some players are certainly not up to it. But if people think that we're going to go out and bring in say four, five, six players and get rid of say you know four, five, six players that they that they mention week in week out, we're not because it's just not going to happen. It's still going to be a gradual progression to next season where hopefully we are going to be in that top seven or eight. Uh, I know we've gone on a little bit there, but that's I do feel quite passionately about what people expect from us based on past glories that's that, that i think is, is really really difficult to think we need to sort of sort, sort of com, compartmentalize what has gone before and then just reassess where we are but pete let me bring you in there because i've just rambled there and gone off on one a little bit um but what are your thoughts on on, on today's game disappointed obviously to, to lose five nil did you expect more from the side that we put out? I, I think I, I, whatever team we would have put out, I think we could have put out the, the under-21s and I would have expected more from an, an Everton side. I think to really link what the three of you have said all together, it just wasn't good enough in terms of performance. You know, it, it was like a testimonial. We did just turn up. Yeah, Man City have beat us 5-0. They're arguably the best team in Europe at the moment, but they beat us 5-0 in the flip-flops. You know, they didn't have to break a sweat. You know, they were knocking it round. There was no pressure on the ball. We didn't look interested. We were second to everything. The, the goals we conceded, you know, you weren't sitting back thinking, you know, what, what amazing football. You were screaming at the telly. So you've given it away again. You know, what are you, what are you doing? You've lost the ball. We, we gave it to them on a plate. Mm. You know, it, it was their party. And it was like, you know, we, we turned up to, to join in with their celebrations. And you just think, you know, the bare minimum from for an Everton side is to be competitive. The bare minimum is to fight, to be organised, to be hard to beat. We just, we didn't look hard to beat today. Um, I know we had a bit of bad luck. I thought Diaz should have been sent off. I thought if it was the other way around, we would have been down to 10 men. Um, I, I thought it was a poor penalty from Sigurdsson, but yet the, there were two or three in the box. And I, I just didn't, I could not make head or tail of, uh, what was it? Kyle Walker wasn't penalised because his, his foot was in the air or turned it anti-clockwise or something daft, whatever it was, it was ridiculous. But, you know, it doesn't matter how unlucky you get when you play as badly as we did today. And I I really agree with what, what you say about, you know, fans, unfortunately, maybe need to be a bit more realistic about their expectations. And yet, you know, we're a work in progress and we've covered it so many times on the podcast, haven't we, in terms of the, the lineage of different managers we've had and different sort of transfer strategies and, you know, unfortunately, we've still got, you know, a squad that's got the echoes of previous regimes and it's taking too long to rectify. But at the same time, we've just not been good enough in so many games this season. Like I think I said in our WhatsApp group, for, for me, mm. our season's typified by going from the sublime to the ridiculous. First half of the season, we're playing really good football. Really, really good football, not just winning games. Yeah, I know we were arguably sort of overperforming when you look at our expected goals. And I know we've had Andy on El Piv, who's you know, sort of made that point several times. But if you look after the Derby win, you know, when we, we go to Anfield and we beat them, we then get that 1-0 over the line, don't we? I think we win, uh, We we beat Southampton, we beat West Brom, and you think we're not playing well, but we're still in there. Then we lose to Chelsea, then we lose to Burnley, then we lose to City. Scuffy draw with Palace that we we threw away and we should have won. Drawing with Brighton, drawing with Spurs. 
you know, losing to Villa, losing to West Ham. But we played so badly in all of those games. You know, I, and I, I do think something has happened with Ancelotti. You know, he, he seems to have changed the system. He, he seems to have lost trust in the players and we we don't seem to have had a forward strategy. And I think we've lost, we look lost so many times on the pitch. And today it was just so evident. You know, for me, one of the reasons we were giving the ball away is we, we just didn't seem to know what to do with it. There was no cohesion. That We don't look like a team. We, we always look, to me, like we're playing with about 10 men. So, you know, sadly, I think for Evertonians, it's another inquest, isn't it, into what on earth has gone wrong from the team that was, you know, top of the table. That You know, when was the last time we spent 60-odd days in fourth position to finishing 10th? You know, how has that happened? I think, it's pretty, yeah, I think it's pretty question. evident. Sorry, mate. I think it's pretty evident that Carlo doesn't trust the players whatsoever. We had, to open, we had to open that game up a little bit today. You know, we didn't play with what we have been doing, maybe because Seamus was injured, but, you know, with the sort of, you know, five at the back out of possession, that sort of thing. Um, and, and the game was wide open. We had chances as well. You know, we had chances as well to, to, to score goals. It wasn't just a penalty. You know, we were clearly trying to target them in behind, you know, because they play that high line. That was clearly a target. You know, but like you said, Pete, he, 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 look at the goals they conceded there. Michael Keane, what are you doing? What are you doing, Michael Keane? What are you doing? Just, you know, you know, knock it in over the top if you have to. Knock it in and clip it in over the top. If he doesn't get onto it, doesn't get onto it. I'd rather you do that and trying to dance around players. City set traps. Everyone knows that. They do it all the time. They want to win the ball in your half. You know, and he's just walked straight into a wall of players. You know, he could have done anything with that, Hazel. And then, you know, the other goal that we've given away there as well. I mean, what was Tom Davis doing? You know, again, getting caught in possession. He's sloppy. So, and Gary Neville was absolutely bob on there. And we probably all agree with it as fans. You know, I watched Everton a lot this season. And, you know, they, they think they're a team. They try and pass it through midfield. You know, some of their strengths are their two forwards. Why don't you just get it into them sooner or get it in over the top? And he's right. You know, he's right. We haven't got the players or the pace or athleticism in that midfield to basically be able to play through midfield in a lot of games. So, for me, Carlo came out in, in, in defence of himself after the Sheffield United game last week. And he said, what did he say? I've played 21 games in a defensive set and we've won 14, 15 of those. And then, basically, I've opened up the game in the others and we've won two or three. So, he's not stupid. He knows himself that, you know, we could have played that game today and, and, and like we did in the Cup, had no attacking threat whatsoever next to nothing and just sat off made it really difficult for them to play it through the middle or overloads out wide and just try to make it nil-nil for as long as possible. We didn't because we had to win the game. And that, and that's what, if that shows to everyone, you know, against arguably the best side in Europe at the minute, you know, we've, we've taken a bit of gamble. Look what happens when we play that way. We just get absolutely annihilated. And that's not just against City. We've played that way against other teams and been beaten. So... Yeah, I think you know there's a, there's a big overhaul needed in the summer. You know, you've got to think now. Carlo, there's one saving grace. He's going to look at that now, and he'll know, he'll know some of those players just aren't up to it. They're just not up to it whatsoever. You know, some of those players have got rid of what three managers now in the last few years, and he'll know some of those. So some of those boys just haven't got the fight in them to deal with it. And you saw that against Sheffield United. It, it, it was it was clear as day. Forget the City game in a way, because we always knew that was going to be a parade and difficult for them. But the Sheffield United game was, was the big one, really. And, and half, of them, half of them didn't look arsed. 
didn't look arsed in that game. And that's and that's that's the shocking bit. Is that you know, the, you know, he called it the two faces of the side. And and he's bang on with that comment. He's bang on. We've had some great away results this season, albeit slightly neutralised without fans. But we've had some great results against some you know some decent sides. We've broken the Anfield hoodoo, but you know the two faces of the team. So for me, Carlo, you know, he will know. He will know what. Hopefully, we've got these targets lined up, and let's get them. Let's get them sorted ASAP over the summer. Yeah, but. And, and and I take I take it it's all, you know your points on board there, but like like, like I said earlier, I think a problem that we've got is, and it's not not so much about you know who we bring in because I think the quality that comes into the club will be better. You know we, we had a, a a decent summer window. We we, we all said it. Um, you know the likes of obviously Hammers, you know in terms of his quality, we know it's exceptional. You know th- those who were having a bit of a moan about him being on a plane yesterday to go back to Colombia, et cetera, et cetera. I think you know what you're going to get with Hammers. You're going to get 25, 26 games a season. The problem is we haven't got another one or two Hammers within the squad who can then, you know, take take the burden of, of, of his quality. So when you haven't got that, he's a massive miss. You see him obviously going off, off uh, international duty and, you you know, you think, what's he doing here? Why, why publicise it? You know, he's out of order, this, that and the other. Um, the problem that we're going to have in the summer is it's all well and good to saying you know that there's there's passengers within the squad, there's players who've been there for you know for numerous managers, and you know they need to be, need to be gone. They shouldn't. They haven't got the quality. You know I'm not going to sit there and name names. People obviously have got their own opinion on that. But who's going to take these players? Who's going to come in with a half decent offer and take one of these players away from us? You know and 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 do us a little bit of a favour because people aren't going to do that because a lot of these players. Are on very good money, and if even if they play say ten or fifteen games a season, they're still going to be paid the full wage. They're still going to be quite happy. So why would you why would you leave Everton where you you play say ten or fifteen games a season on say eighty grand a week to go to to say just just say for argument's sake uh, a Brighton or, or Newcastle or someone like that where you're going to get say fifty grand a week? You're not going to leave, are you? You know, when, and you can't force a player out of the door. So that's the problem with that we're facing is is removing, you know, maybe bad apples, players who aren't good enough from from the uh, from the squad. But Max, what 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 are your thoughts on that? You know, do, do you think that the summer window? We know, how, you know, we always say it every season. This is a massive window coming off for us. Yeah. Do you think we can do the business that we want to do, or do you see another window of you know? A little bit of progression, but we're still going to have, you know, a number of these players who, who we think shouldn't be there. Still going to be there next season. Yeah, I, I take all of your points on board, uh, and I think you know Pete touched on it and Lee opened it up massively. There's for me, um, just just on the on the transfer market before I get into this point. Like, it, yeah, I, I agree with what you say. It's going to be a harder sell this season now, though. It's not just like come and play for Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, it's almost like you've got the burden of playing for Everton now with, as you say, the expectation of being stuck in mid-table mediocrity for so long uh, with just this longing to break through and, and achieve things, not even just, you know, get a respectable standing in the league table, but to win something again, another year without winning something. So there's all these different pressures that I think are coming into the psychology of uh, of anyone who's approached by Everton. Um, which again, as I say, makes it a hard sell. But um, a very good point that was raised is that what is Everton's team identity or playing identity? 
Um, I've, we've obviously been discussing City here, uh, and I'm brought back to, I believe it was the the eighteen nineteen season, where near enough, every single goal had a blueprint. It was you know, Sterling or Sane to the touchline, pull it back, someone's in the middle to knock it into the back of the net. That happened, God knows how many times, uh, over the course of Guardiola's reign at Manchester City. Every top side has uh, a playing identity. Uh, in knowing what they want to do to to achieve a desired outcome on a football pitch, Liverpool press high, force errors. Um, you, you harken back to like you know Tiki Taka to Guardiola's Barcelona side, and you know of course the City sides. And, and yes, okay, we, we get with Carlo Ancelotti that he's very pragmatic and that he adapts to the skill set that it's at his disposal, and he try and he tries to formulate the best sort of plan for you know the, ele- the the 11 best players that he's got on the pitch um but to start the season i was thinking we might have had something with the i think it was probably best exemplified and i think of all players alex Awobi's goal against wolves when we beat wolves 2-1 at the molyneux where i think it was a uh, james big switch dina pulled it back Awobi was there to put it into the back of the net and and that looked like it would be a it was a continuing threat at the start of the season uh, with Dean you playing it playing it over to James and then James finding who was in the middle um but that obviously you know op- opposition players suss that out and it becomes less and less uh, apparent for the players on the pitch to pull that off where I feel like as you've said Carlo has reverted to this low block uh, looking to counter exploiting opposition in the wide areas um, and I hate to say it but I, I, I don't feel as if the players in those wide areas i.e. your Luca Deans, Seamus Coleman's, uh, Richarlison when he's been playing out there, even James to an extent when he was playing their, their delivery um, their balls into the box which you know we were gambling on a hell of a lot more often than not uh, for say Dom to get on, on the end of it in the middle uh, the quality just wasn't sufficient enough to produce a, a high standard of football. So to come back to your point about the transfer market, these players that we've got to bring in, every transfer market that we go into now, I'm half scared. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're not under the, the the regime of Steve Walsh anymore, uh, and he can't, you know, skew us with overloading us with number tens, but. Are these players that we're going to bring in okay? They might have a decent sort of, you know, a marquee feel to them, a, a good brand name to increase, you know, the, the the brand awareness of the club. But are they gonna contribute to these improved performances on the pitch? Uh, you talk about European football and our lack of squad depth. We should have it, uh, considering the money that we spent over the years on, you know, Eklassens, Bernards, uh, Alex Awobi. God, there's been so Sigurdsson to an extent, even though he is getting into the starting eleven. Michael Keane obviously made the mistake today, and there's so Nikola Vlasic. Like there's so many players that we've brought in over the years that, if it was astute recruitment, should have contributed to our squad depth today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's simply not the case. So, so as I say, for to, to sell Everton now to any any half decent player. Is going to be considerably hard. 
It's a Frankenstein squad, mate. Though, isn't it? It's a you know, it's 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 a mishmash of players from several different regimes who want to play in certain ways. This is why we have to, as fans, have to you know, as horrible as it is to finish mid-table, as horrible it is to say that you know we've done the double over Arsenal yet they finished above us. Leeds have just come out finished above us. There needs to be a little bit of sort of perspective as well in the fact that it's not going to happen straight away. Carlos had one proper transfer window. He's going to need. We've said it before. He's going to need at least three. To, to, to get any sort of, you know, decent side on the pitch. I think our playing style is being affected by, by that, by, by the different players from different regimes you know, on the pitch. He's now realised what is the best way for me to get results in a COVID season as well, where we haven't got, you know, home fans behind us. We've had six games, six wins at home this season, three of them with fans there. That shows you how much we rely, rely on fans getting us over the line at home. Pete, you were at the game the other day. You said it was absolutely, you know, six and a half thousand people. Yeah, it felt like 40,000 at times. So, you know, we do rely on that. But for me, Carl, you know, going back to your style of play, I do think there needs to be uh, a little bit of perspective there because he's he's had to figure out you know, what are the best ways for me to get, the, get a result? What are the best ways for me to get a result here? And I think, you know, he has resorted to, you know, typical Italian pragmatism. He has. But as he showed with his own comment, that's given us the best results. It's not great to watch. It's horrible to watch at times. But at the same time, it's given us results. So for me, he has to, you know, we do need power and pace. If we're going to sign any players in the summer, we need a brand new right side, a right back and a right winger. And there needs to be power and pace. Preferably a box-to-box guy that can, you know, can run all day. I'd, I've said to you boys on the text before, I'd go all out and get someone like a Rafinha. Or Bailey in Germany, who you know, who's a bit more improving in the Premier League, but someone like that, someone who just basically runs at people. You know, I'd love to sign a you know a quick winger on the right side, cutting on cutting onto his left foot and crossing it, or you know, digging it a goal. So we need power and pace in that team. It looks lethargic at times, uh, particularly in midfield. Uh, and you just mentioned, you know, teams worked us out down the left side. Luca Dean's come away this season with nine assists in the Premier League, which is a great return. But we're lopsided. We've got no. We've got no threat down the right side at all. Nothing. Nothing down that side. Mm. You know. So you know when when we were at our peak, you you've just referred to Moyes there. It was Baines and Coleman, wasn't it? And you know, arguably they were two 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 full best fullbacks in the league at one point. So yeah, in in in, in the slight defence of Carlo here, I do think he's tried to make the best painting he can with the limited colours he's got. I think. I think it's a it's a it's a style of play. It's a transitional style of play, isn't it? It's a it's one of those where we're not going to see the, the, the Carlo Ancelotti era, if we can call it that. And when we look back on it, say in in two or three years' time, I don't think it's going to be defined by by this season and by the fact that you know we we we've gone we we played really attacking football for say the first say ten twelve games. Um, eventually, we, we got we got massively exposed doing that. We then went to a more pragmatic approach and, and ground wins. I was, I mean, I think we scored thirty was it thirty four goals in the last thirty three games, something ridiculous like that. I've just seen on on Twitter. So it shows you we we were not built to to attack effectively. We were built to to stay in games and try and nick a goal on the counter. That's that's what we what we went into. I don't think that's going to be, well, it's not going to be the, the way that we play going forward. Some Carlo has said numerous times now in the last couple of weeks that, you know, af, after the summer window and, and into next season, we're going to see a better style of football, more exciting style of football. And I think, you know, when 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 fans are in, in the ground, 
you know, we're not going to be allowed, especially Goodison Park, to set up in that manner to try and nick nick a win against a lot of these sides that we've really, really struggled against. I mean, like 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 uh, Lee said, then Pete, you were there against Wolves, six and a half thousand fans, you know, and I'm not, we didn't play our best football, but you know, I'm sure you can you you wouldn't mind discussing that. We we certainly played better, I thought, than we played in a lot of our recent games at home. Yeah, we did. We did. And the, the team seemed to respond to the fans. And I mean, I don't know if you could pick it up when you were watching it, but there were times where, you know, we weren't at our best in that game. And the, the, the fans let the players know. And I do think the players seem to respond to that. Mm. You know, they did seem to respond and, to the, the feedback of the fans. And, and that, that's really important because hopefully next season, you know, we, we from the first game, we should see at least, you know, say 10 or 15,000 fans in, depending on, on how things are going. Uh, with, with with COVID, but we should see a season where we've got fans in, all being well throughout the whole season. And you know, everyone everyone knows that our away record was 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 massively massively elevated and improved this season because there was no fans in. And that also went you know went for our home record because our home record was so poor because we didn't have you know even six and a half thousand fans in to to, to push to push the players along. And I just think that. We finished where we finished because we were probably the tenth best team in the league, and as sad as that sounds, that that's how it is. If if we would have had a better home record and say won three or four more games at home in a normal season, we would have lost three or four more games away, and that's probably how it would have leveled out. So we know where we're short. We know we've been battered with injuries to key players this season and haven't got the squad to to compete. We've seen that. We've been exposed time and time again, and. In, in Carlo's defence, because we're seeing it again, you know, where you get lunatics on, on social media calling for Carlo's head and this. And, you know, we, we don't deserve nice things, do we? Because he arrives, you know, with, with a fanfare. We know what he's done as a manager. We know what he's done as a player. This is arguably his hardest assignment to date. You know, it's at times Everton's a bit of a poison chalice. We've seen it, you know, from managers who've probably come in since since the stability of, of David Moyes and since we've got money in, it's it's a difficult job. We've wasted a lot of money. We've brought in a lot of crap. We're still trying to get rid of some of that, some of those players now. And it's a tough, tough job. Could we have done better? A hundred percent. You know, we, we shouldn't be losing home games to Sheffield United. Uh, we shouldn't be losing uh, two games to Newcastle. We shouldn't be losing alone to West Ham. Th- those kind of games, they're the games that have cost us this season, not Man City. Last game of the season, maybe we lost 5-0. The games that have cost us are the ones which have gone before over the course of the season in games that we that we should have won. But we are where we are. And we've got to we've got to hope that you know there's there's brighter there's brighter days to come. And I'm, you know, I've got no time for unfortunately. I, I saw it after Sheffield United and it was so predictable. You just see people kicking off and moaning, and it's and it was Whoever could shout the loudest, basically, uh, across across Twitter when it came to Everton fans and, and channels. And listen, you know, just, just have a day off. Just sit down and have a balanced discussion and, and discuss where we've gone wrong, where we can do better. And that's just my opinion. That's just that's just where we are. But people just need to just, just relax a little bit. You know, a poor season. I'm going to argue there's been, there's been some progression. I would have preferred getting European football. Like Lee said, we might have struggled in Europe in terms of the the size of our squad and and even the quality going into next season are going to be, we're going to be stretched, but of just you know people 
it's one of my biggest bugbears. And if it wasn't, it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't be on social media because it winds me up so much. I think people need to, the sooner that we get people back on the grounds and people go in the pub before the game, people go in the pub after the game, to have a conversation with the mates and the family and getting all the, uh, the frustration out, the sooner the better for me. You know, just take it away from social media and have a conversation and be balanced. That's just, that's my opinion. There's no, there's no need for all this sort of animosity and, and kicking off and shouting. Just, just, just calm yourselves down. Well, mate, well and, and anyone that's calling for Carlo's head down needs to have a word with themselves. Seriously. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You can't keep on sacking managers. You can't. You know, we've, you know, we're living proof it doesn't work. Unless you're Chelsea and you're basically signing world-class players every season. You know, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You can't, you know, you just said it yourself there, Max. You know, how are we going to attract better players to the club? You know, when we're not finishing European places. Great point. But Carlo will, to a point, to a point. You know, he will, you know, it will make it more difficult that we're not in Europe. But the name that's Carlo Ancelotti, we, we should get players. The fact that Ancelotti's a coach, it's not ideal. Of course, we'd like to be in Europe. But at the same time, you know, the fact that Carlo's there will attract players to the club. And that's a fact. You know, it's, it's, fans need to have a word with themselves with stuff like that if they're thinking that, you know, we're going to get any better than Carlo Ancelotti. He's one of the best managers of his generation. You know what I mean? And, and he's, he's obviously managed top players over his time. Like you said, Mike, it's, it's you know, probably his most difficult assignment now with the players he's got. What were the words Carlo used the other day? I'm not a he said something something along the lines of I can't perform miracles. You know, okay, can't perform can't. Magic, he said, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he can't, and it's true, isn't it? It's it's absolutely true. You know, outside our top what 12, 13 players, you you're gonna say the rest are average. You know, I think that you know, when we started the season with pretty much everyone fit, we showed what we're capable of in in, in patches. You'd like to think now, if we can keep players fit and add three or four more to that. Which means you've got now got fifteen strong players, you know, barring injuries next season. Then you'd like to think then that we we could probably play more like we did at the start of the season. Maybe open up the game more with and just have that surety there that you know at, at the back. So anyone calling for a Z now, like I said, seriously, I'm shaking my head. Um, it's so reactionary. It's so reactionary. It's like it's like you just said about Hamez on the plane. I couldn't care. I don't care. He hasn't seen his daughter in a year. He's been he's he's got he's got a dodgy calf at the minute. He's gone back. He's clearly passionate about playing for Columbia. He's going to play in the Copper America. You know, in flashes this season, he's given us our best moments. You know what I mean? Particularly, particularly, you know, like he pretty much won the derby with that assist. So you know, no one, you know, Lionel Messi. He wasn't he wasn't playing for Barca yesterday. They were trying to get third to get in the Champions League. He's gone he's gone back home to play for Argentina in the Copper America. You know what I mean? Like I don't care. You know I mean, but we have to have a scapegoat. We have to hate someone. You know, you've seen comments there saying, if you ever play for our club again, if you ever play for us again, it's like, what? <clears throat> what? You know I mean, this is not our motto. It's not fulfilling our motto. I mean, come on. I mean, the, the guy, you know, he's got quality. He's got bags of quality. And, you know, if we can get him another 25, 30 games next season, if we can get better players around him, runners that can run off the ball and he'll find you, then great. You know, that'll take us on to another level again. But next season, I, I would imagine, and I'm not trying to be an eternal optimist with this, but I imagine we'll see a different we'll see a different Everton next season if we get the players we need to get in, in the window. Mark, what, what are your opinions on on James? Because um, it, I think if we didn't discuss it, I think you know it would be be a bit remissible, really, because it's it's been the talk of the talk of social media the last 24 hours. Obviously, the 
we we had he wasn't the fifth of the Wolves game, which was disappointing for those fans that were there. Um, would have been the only chance that they got to see him this season. But he was Carla was quoted as saying he was fatigued, uh, which still didn't go down particularly well. I think they could have could have spanned it a bit better and just said, yeah, his calf is, is, had a niggle in his calf again. But then, you know, it's sort of evolved into, yeah, he's got, got a niggle with his calf, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he was pitted, obviously, on a plane yesterday, going back to Colombia for, you know, for, for their preparations for the Copa America. What, what's, what's your take on that in terms of, like Lee said, you know, it's come out since that. He hasn't seen his daughter for 12 months. You know, really important, of course, it is to, to get back and see his daughter. And there's no, no one's denying that. Um, but what are your thoughts? Do you think it was a wise move to put that that kind of photograph on onto a social media, the, you know, on the, on the eve of our last game of the season? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I have I've put some, th- some thoughts into this. And if Everton had something to play for on that last game of the season... Um, I don't think it would be excusable, uh, but obviously because you know we faltered so much, as you said, since that, that the Anfield derby win, and we've ended up fin- finishing slap bang in mid table. Um, you know, like Lee said, Lionel Messi's done the same, <laughs> and we know for the South American players how much the the Copa Americas mean to them. Um, so I can understand it to an extent. Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree with posting the the private jet picture on on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was, uh, similar to the the Alex Awobi debacle uh, a few months prior. I think it's one of those things that sort of goes against the ethos of the football club as a whole, and kind of come to the point of the whole fatigue issue as well. Uh, just just don't think Evertonians excuse a player for missing that game, uh, for being fatigued, because it's not as if they can turn up to work on Monday and say, hey, listen, I, I don't fancy it. I'm feeling a bit tired today. Um, but <clears throat> like you were saying about the social media issue, Mike, I, it means so much to us. You know what I mean? I think every, each one of us can speak to it individually, just how much this football club means to us. Uh, it means absolutely everything to us. It hurts us enough not being able to go to Goodison regularly every other Saturday as you know it's been a ritual for how many of us for so long uh, and it's hurt not being able to go the game and and social media in essence is just an echo chamber isn't it you know if you've got no one to speak to then you're just going to turn to it and and vent your frustrations and because there's been all these different extenuating circumstances I think the vitriol in social media has been exaggerated so much more similar to how people have responded to the James Rodriguez issue, um, but yeah, uh, it, this is this is a, a weird one for me um, because I, I really hate to say it, uh, but this football club has meant has been absolutely everything to me since since I can remember. But uh, it getting to a point where it is quite hard for me to care as much um, because of just the, the disappointments associated with it. Uh, and the embarrassment and and the constant narratives that end up coming around and biting us on the backside uh, constantly. But, uh, and it's and, and that's sorry, sorry to, to to come in there. And that that's really sad, isn't it? You know, but and I think I think the, the the current the current climate doesn't help that. Like you say, you know, you normally be go week in week out, um, spend a, a lot of your time, you know, within club premises when you go home and away, or you know, one or the other, or whatever it might be. And I think you know, I think a lot of people do do feel a little bit of a a disassociation, if you like, or a, 
uh, a lack of an attachment as things currently stand because we we haven't got that. You know, we can't go to game every week and we we, we can't vent our frustration at the ground or, like I said earlier, on going to pub before or after the game. And then people do turn to social media and it and it gets and it gets really really silly. Um, and that, that's that, that's more that's more you know that's that's my my personal right because it just I just think that people are again you know not everyone but I think people are going to say a position where you know they, they say something and you know, they, they they start people off do you know what I mean and I think that if people who've got say 20 30 40 thousand followers start kicking off and saying stupid things you know and you know this you know we're an embarrassment and, and whatever it might be that then starts to gain traction and then it just goes on and on and on and on I'm not sitting here saying it's good enough I've, I've suffered as along with everybody else I've been through you know the 90s we weren't even lucky enough as much as I was born sort of mid 80s we weren't lucky enough to to remember those days we didn't see the the success of, of the Howard Kendall side you know we, we we've seen one Sophie ourselves so we've lived through it you know and maybe it is harder for those people who've who've seen the the eighties and and the years that came before that even when we was we were successful maybe it is, but you know I think but what I would, what I always just like to like to preach is it's very very good for us to actually record immediately post match, and the reason after the Sheffield United game I was steaming I was absolutely raging because it just oh, that, that was our chance there win that game we obviously we beat we beat Wolves as well after that and pretty much then we would have been nailed on for European football but I just have I just sort of think that I've got the sense and we've got the sense as a collective to sort of go right well let's just calm ourselves down a little bit and we will we, um, I think we, we actually cancelled the recording because it would have got there'd be, there'd be no worth to it because people were that annoyed and, and pissed off and frustrated. You know, people who did tune in would probably disagree with what we were saying anyway. But I just think it doesn't serve any kind of purpose. And I think in the modern the modern world, you know, like the way football has, has evolved and changed, maybe not for the better since the sort of 80s and, and early 90s. You know, social media has, has, has brought a whole new dimension to things. And maybe, you know, we're a little bit more sort of old school where we, we like to sort of keep things... On a, on a bit more of a balanced a balanced track, but I do. I've got. I mean, go go. I'm going off and on again. About, about this is my biggest pet hate. So social media just kills me off. But on your point about the sort of disassociation, that is really sad. But it's not unusual to sort of hear that in the last sort of 12, 12 months or so because of because of where we are. And I hope and and I think I think with with Carlo there, you know, we will have some some better days around the corner. Um, it's such a shame it didn't happen for us this season when. And that's where I think a lot of the frustration comes from, the fact that we had a chance. Yeah, it was there for the Like, the, you know, the competitive balance of the of the league this season, it was wide open for us too, if we performed well to achieve something. But, you know. And that's it, mate. And, and, and that's where I think a lot of it centres from for everyone, isn't it? You know, we're no difference in that sense. We think there was a chance missed. You, you, know, you quoted the sort of, you know, 60, 70 days in the top four. And, and we've ended up finishing 10th, second on Boxing Day. Ended up finishing tenth, and and that's they're the kind of things where you look back on and you think there's been a big opportunity missed, and it probably would have been, you know, Carlo would probably say the same himself. It would have certainly been twelve months ahead of, of where he thought if he wanted to grab say, especially Champions League football, it would have been twelve months ahead of you know when when we thought we would we'd be challenging. But this was a season where the opportunity presented itself for for numerous for numerous reasons, but. Um, 
I just That's don't where mentality think... comes into it, Mike, isn't it? Mentality we discuss it all the time. Carlo would have looked at some That's of those games, wouldn't he? And um, how many of you really want this? How many of you really, really want you know, to be the best player you can possibly be? And he could probably, you know, pick a handful of players in that squad that do. And the rest, you'd say, you know, judge it, like I said, judge it by some of their attitudes in some of the games where they were a bit sort of laissez-faire and stuff like that. And, you know, and that, that's, that's, that's the bit where, you, you know, if you get a team of leaders in there, you know, you know, Moyes had several leaders in that team. I would say there's probably a handful now. Um, certain players, like I've said it before on this podcast, they just hate losing. You know, Richarlison's one. Godfrey's definitely the one with the way he plays, the way he puts his body on the line. Coleman's won, hates losing. You know, there's certain players that have that, and that's something that's inbuilt into you. You know, that you're either that way or you're not. Um, and you know, you need a team of, of leaders in there. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, the massive perspective has to be put. You know, we, you know we've just lost five 0 to City. It's horrible. I said to you before off there, the only thing that was missing was John Stones going through like Tony Adams was smashing one in, and that would have that would have sent Twitter through the roof. Um, but no, we, there needs to be a perspective element to it. There needs to be. And, you know, we've got to go into next season. Am I right in saying you guys have got better memories than me and stuff like this? But am I right in saying that? Didn't we finish with a 5 0 loss? Um, you know, and Des Moyes one season went on to have a really top season the following season, I think, from memory. Am I right in saying was that? Was it the Arsenal game? Was, well, it was the, well, Man City away, wasn't it? 03 uh, 04, when was it 5 1? Did, did Kevin Campbell score for us? I've got on the top of my head, or am I lying to me? It's not Kevin Campbell. Am I lying to myself? Um, I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, but, but I've just got very similar, similar end. Yeah, yeah very reckless. It was a horrible finish. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's horrible to say, let's look at the positives. There have been, like I said, some, some, some positives this season. Massive opportunity missed. You know, there's games we'd never have lost at home with fans. There's certain games we'd never have lost at home with fans. But then you have to caveat that there's certain away games we'd never have won if there was fans there as well. So you ha- you have to sort of balance the rough with the smooth here. So the important thing is, like I said before, get rid of some of those players that aren't good enough. And we we, we all know who they are. I'm sure Carlo does more than us. And then let let's add three or four real top quality players in there. One thing I wanted to put in there, though, is, is, is obviously it looks like Harry Kane's definitely going. and very much looks like possibly City, uh, maybe even United, but it looks like possibly City. If Spurs came in for Calvert-Lewin and offered 70, 80 million, would you take it? Max, what do you think, mate? Oh. You wouldn't. Selling your best, selling your best players doesn't work, mate. We know that from experience. Everyone else, what's everyone else's thoughts? Pete? I don't think Spurs would come in for Calvert Loon. <laughs> I think potentially they would, you know. I think potentially they would. Mike, what do you think? I, I was on the um, the Blue Art podcast I was with Roger uh, last week, and we, we were talking about you know potential sales, and you know with, Roger was mentioning uh, Richards, and this was pre-scoring a goal against Wolves, um, and you know all players have got a value. Uh, I said that our, our three most sort of saleable assets, if you like, because every business, it's a business at the end of the day, it's football. You know, you, you've got to look at where you can bring money in. It's it's Luca Di Richards and Calvert-Lewin. They, they're our three most, most saleable assets. If if Spade offered, offered 70, 80 million quid, I think it, it's hard, isn't it? Because 
you've got to, to be able to compete and to to be able to operate it. You know, the football club. There always comes a time when you've got to sell players for a profit. Look at Leicester, how well they've done it. Um, you know, they they could they sold like the likes of Marez, Kante, people like that, and they, and they brought in the likes of the likes of Ndidi for argument's sake, who's who's come in and and players who generally you know won the FA Cup, they finished fifth today, could have could have got Champions League football. They haven't really you know taken a backward step as as such, but it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it depends what money we're talking. I think with 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 the a striker who's, who's bagged 21 goals this season, who's, who's shown massive development. I think probably you, you, you want to be looking at a bit more than, say, 70 million. I think I think even in the current market, you'd be, you'd be talking more money. But every player's got a price, haven't they? It all, let, me, let, me, think, let me phrase it differently. If you could sign Bissouma, Max Ahrens, and Bailey or Rafinha, maybe Bailey probably, for, for, for the sale of Calvert-Lewin, would you, what would you do then? Because that's probably what that's probably what you're talking about. Not far off it in terms of cash. That those got, three players to, would massively improve our team. You've, you've got you've got to bring players in to improve the side. The, the thing with us is, like you know, like Max said then about you know, we or selling, you, selling your best players doesn't work. We've had our fingers burned so many times, and we in the past where we're, we're selling players for decent money, you know, and who we bring in are nowhere near the standard that we need and they don't improve the size. So the concern that we've got is, based on past history, we will not spend the money well. Now, whether no, that's... But if you sign those three players, would you do it? I'd do it. It's I'd do it. The, it we're back at square one with the number nine problem. Mm, no, no, I'm not saying... We'd, we'd have to sign a forward. I'm not saying we wouldn't. But what I'm saying is those three players would improve your team more than one player, wouldn't it? They were, they were, I mean, that's the reality. And sometimes in football... It's horrible. I love Dom. I think Dom's done a great job. But if we could effectively sell that and with the cash buy three players, that would massively improve the team and the squad. You've got to look at it that way as well, haven't you? Plus the money we've got to spend on top of that. That's just on the basis of sale. We'll have money, you know, cash in the kitty from Mashiri, no doubt, as well to spend. So it's an interesting one. I'm trying to play devil's advocate, though, but I'm not saying it's the right thing or the wrong thing. I'm just trying to say those three players, though, they're the types of players that we're crying out for, aren't we? You know what I mean? I'd like to think we'd be able to get them, irregardless of a of a big sale. Though. In an ideal in an ideal world, yeah, mate, definitely. Yeah. But possibly we may have to sell one of those, one of those three that might just refer to there. Maybe we just don't know, do we? There will come a time when that when that, that happens because everyone does it. So there's going to come a time where we have to do it as well. You know, I mean, we I don't look at the figures. I mean, I'm not not a a financial man, you know, and, and other people uh, are, and they they'll they'll say what we what we need to do. But every business has got to operate within in rules. We know what's like with football, and we've got to bring money in somehow. And at the moment, obviously, with with Goodison, with obviously a total lack of fans throughout football, and you know the, the revenues are down full stop. Will it happen this summer? Possibly. And we've got to be open to it because that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, it's 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 really hard because you don't want to be losing a striker who, who has improved so much and is is our main source of goals and and has really really improved. And I hope Dom has a really great summer for, for England. I really do. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge international fan. Lee's not because he's Welsh, so that's that, that's for a different reason. Um, but I'm not I'm not a you know a huge international fan. But I like international tournaments, I always quite enjoy watching them. And I hope Dom Dom does does really well. Um, but it, it's going to be it's going to be another. I mean, we're sick and tired of saying it. It's going to be another another important and another big summer. 
Um, let's hope we come out of it, you know, with with, with better quality. And I, I look forward to seeing where, where we stand for the for the first game of the of the new season. Um, but let, let's let's see before we finish, Lee. Do you want you, you want to bring something up don't you, before we before we wrap this up? You got something oh, yeah. at the front of your mind about the fantasy league. What was that? Isn't it? You know, shows how much of a, a concern it is to you. Oh man, I, I, I've not even looked at it, mate. To be honest, I've looked at it. Um, no, no, yeah, no. Just wanted to mention, yeah, it's been a good season. Um, you boys both owe me fifty quid now. Um, probably not see it to be honest. But um, no, it's, it's been it's been a good season on that front. Um, I think um, you'll have to check the final standings, mate. I've not checked it yet properly. Actually, you're doing that now. I can tell. I'm looking at you. You're dying to see that someone's overtake you, aren't you? No, I'm 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 looking at the at Man City's Man City's third goal. And that, that shows you how, how much attention I'm paying to you and this fantasy. Is that the Corey one? Uh, Corey's giving it away. Is it that one? Yeah. yeah. Well, another, another, another shambles. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so so for those who don't know, obviously we ran our usual fantasy league. Uh quite quite a, a good number, about 150, 160 people in this season. Lee's obviously won it. Um, he's gone about, about the past probably four or five months now because he was up the table. Uh, but he does spend half of his life researching players and listening to fantasy league podcasts and, and throwing in cheat codes and stuff like that. So uh, it leaves one. So I, I do apologise for all those who are disappointed the fact that you could have won some Everton vouchers. But Lee said he wants to keep the Everton vouchers for himself so he can he can buy the the new away shirt. So. Not down to me and Pete being overruled by by Lee um, on that particular. I can't believe you throw me under the bus for that comment there. Well, Drop just just that, is, that your your words, not mine. So any any complaints, please make them out to to Lee. I'll uh, I put a suggest on Twitter. <laughs> Anyone who wants to knock on his front door, no, I'm joking. So we well, well done, Lee. Well done. So so from a not not a great season for Everton, but you you've done really well by winning the fantasy league. So good on you. Yeah, I'd much rather the former than the latter, put it that way, mate. Put it that way. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? But let, let's hope, you know, let's hope that we do we do see we do see some uh, some quality incomings over the summer. Max, thanks for joining us for our, our last show of the uh, of the season, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed the event, uh, all of that, without mentioning the new awakening. <laughs> I know. Well, we were going to say where we were going to spend half an hour discussing the away here. What an absolutely spectacular sight that is, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it looked good, didn't it? Maybe... it? Looked good on the players today. Oh. All in black as well, coming out. Did you see? Was it Alan and uh, and Don wearing all black boots as well? Look, yeah. looked absolutely exceptional, didn't they? Hummel, absolutely. You know, as as per usual, I done a cracking job in in you know getting something out there that, that we know the fans are going to really really love. People would be calling for a black watch kit. For, for many, 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 many seasons. I actually made one for those who want to check out our tweets out a couple of weeks ago, and it's not far off. It's not far off what they brought out. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying they were looking at our social media, but they do follow us. So um, make it that what you will. But no, great, great job by Hummel. Um, and for those who, who got onto our, we put we put a code out for kickbag, got your £12 off as well on on the, on the release day. So thank me for that one. I was here. Uh, I was mooching on there and found a couple of codes. Save myself twelve pound as well, so it wasn't there. It wasn't too bad. But no, well, well done, Hubble. Great, great year. Let's hope we've got some some quality signings coming in over the summer to to show that off. Um, and let's hope we see we see Hammers back and and firing 
next season. But that's that's us done for the for the 2021 Premier League season. Um, another strange season for for ourselves. And luckily enough, we have been back together and recorded once in in, in recent weeks. Hopefully, that becomes a bit more a bit more of a common occurrence next season. But we will be back over the summer, giving you a few uh, a few more more podcasts. The transfer special will be out. A couple of guests on that one. We'll try and get some a couple more famous faces on as well um, to to take us through the summer. And best of luck to all the Everton players who were on international duty in the European Championships and the Copa America. So we will catch you over the next few weeks. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.